Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on milehighsports.com. Listen on Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3 FM. If you want to join the conversation, of course, I am at Mace Denver. I'm filling in for Eric Goodman today, Justin Adams of CBS4. He's at Justin Adams TV. And I want to tell you about Optimum Golf. Your golf game doesn't have to stop because there's snow on the ground or because this week it's going to be, as Justin mentioned at the top of the show, Five degrees below zero in Denver. But you can still go take care of your golf game this week over at Optimum Golf, which is located in both the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods, and they'll help you keep your game sharp during the offseason. Optimum Golf has a fantastic virtual golf setup where you can play Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, and some of the best courses with your friends or host a private party. They've also got leagues and tournaments, plus their indoor putting green, and award-winning pros can fine-tune your game, book your tee time today. At Optimum Golf at the OptimumGolf.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Well, it's been an interesting weekend so far in a few days for Nathaniel Hackett being the Broncos head coach because, of course, the search for an offensive coordinator is on. He has, he, of course, going to call plays. So the OC he's going to hire is not going to call plays. But, but so far, it's been a, it's been a little bit bulky. Uh, first choice for being an offensive coordinator to end up staying uh, with, with the Packers. Now the Broncos, according to Mike Kliss of Nine News, are going to interview Clint Kubiak, not necessarily to be an offensive coordinator, but for some kind of offensive coach. And as for offensive coordinator, Justin Outen, Packers tight ends coach, is in the mix to become Broncos offensive coordinator, of course, he has worked with Nathaniel Hackett in Green Bay in the last few years, and he's got, of course, he's got a lineage in that, uh, in, in that Lafleur, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tree. He actually his first job, Justin, yeah. in the NFL was as a Falcons offensive intern under Kyle Shanahan, and then was there for three seasons working as an intern, then as an offensive line assistant before becoming a tight end ends coach. And on the defensive side, Egero Ivero, the Rams defensive backs coach and passing and, and defensive passing game coordinator, he appears to be in the lead for the job. He's known Nathaniel Hackett for about two decades, going back to their time at UC Davis. Ravens D-line run game coordinator Anthony Weaver also in the mix. Do you think... Nathaniel Hackett, you have faith in him to make the right choices here, even though almost all these these coaches I've just mentioned, with the exception of Clint, of, of Clint Kubiak, 
do not have offensive or defensive coordinator experience. Well, y'all, y'all have to start from somewhere, right? Like everybody has to start from somewhere. Everybody starts with no experience at one point, right? Before they actually do have their experience. I would trust at least Clint Kubiak, understanding that he knows the West Coast system. He understands the zone running scheme, and he learned it from his dad, right? So he understands that type of football that you're trying to bring to the Broncos yet again. It always seems like you bring the system back to the orange and blue anyway. So I wouldn't have a problem with that. My biggest thing is this, is that since you're calling the plays, you know, we all know that Mike Shanahan was calling the plays, but we all know, too, that Gary Kubiak, would take time and call a place too. Do you have somebody on your staff that you trust that when the offense isn't moving well, when the offense isn't doing well, that you could literally go and say, hey, you take over the play calling duties. You probably would do better than me right now. Is there somebody on your staff that you have? That's what I'm looking for. I know that, you know, when the Broncos are winning back-to-back Super Bowls, I remember one time mm-hmm. when they were playing against Seattle in the kingdom, Mike Shanahan was calling plays and things just weren't going well. So he said, you know what, Gary? You take over the play calling. Broncos end up winning the game. You have to be yeah. able to have that. You have to be able to have somebody who is not a yes man, somebody who is going to also look at the offense along with you, but help you make sure that you are picking the right plays and setting up the defense so that you'll be able to be successful. That's a great way of putting it. Like You say, okay, it's not my day, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm having a bad day calling plays. Let's see. You know, It's like you call in somebody from the bullpen in baseball, yeah. right? Go, go to the bullpen. Okay, see, can, can you get this done because I don't have my stuff today. don't have my A game or, for or, whatever reason. Or you just might see something different. We all know when you're in a foxhole, and, and again, I'm, I'm very careful of how I use you know war terms, but when you're in a foxhole, you have that, you know, that vision where you're like, you know, you just have that, you know, your, your vision is just sealed off and you're not able to see everything around you. But when you have somebody who's able to see the whole picture of what's going on and doesn't have the pressure of calling the plays, they may be able to help you in a different way so that your team is successful. So you got to make sure that whoever you pick up as your offensive coordinator is able to do that. So like, for example, with Vic Fangio here, we know that Vic Fangio was calling the defensive plays, but Ed Donatel was the guy who was helping out Vic Fangio from above. So you got to be able to have somebody who's able to help you with that. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Ed Donatel because technically he's still on the staff Mm -hmm. and now, we know that Pat Shermer, Tom McMahon aren't going to be back. No, but no, no. We haven't seen Broncos co- coaches on Vic Fangio's staff. We haven't seen a rush to the door just yet, and all of them are in line to be evaluated by Nathaniel Hackett to potentially stay on the staff. Who should Hackett really think about keeping around on the staff especially in terms of coaches who have some experience that really might be able to help hack it through this transition. Mike Munchak, number one, um, yeah. a guy who's also been a head coach, by the way, is a pro football Hall of Famer, has allowed your off, has helped your offensive line to be able to develop. Now, don't get me wrong. The O-line has some issues this year. They gave up a lot of sacks. Teddy Bridgewater was taking a lot of hits, but it's important to have a guy like him who's able to teach your unit how to be able to play well. So I would say Mike Munchak for sure. Bill Kolar, too. Yeah. I mean, come on. It, it, I mean, it, it's, some <laughs> things is not difficult, right? Like, you don't want to go and mess up the sauce. Don't mess up the sauce with Bill Kolar. Make sure that he's around as well. And I'll give you another one, too, just because of the investment that you made. Zach Asani, he needs to stick around. He developed guys like Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton coming back from a torn ACL. You're going to get K.J. Hamler back as well. He's been able to work with all these young guys. 
you got to make sure that he's in the building to continue the great work that he's doing with these young guys. Yeah, I would if I, if it were up to me, I'd keep every defensive assistant. Yes, 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 and yes. top to bottom. And even if you're going to have Ejiro Ivero who come in to be the coordinator, I would keep Ed Donatello I around agree. in some capacity. Yes. yes. And, even if it's doing work with the DBs along with uh, Christian Parker, who's also the defensive backs coach. But I'd keep Kolar. I'd keep John Pagano outside linebackers. I would keep Reggie Herring inside linebacker mm-hmm. coach. I mean, I'm not sure you can do a better job with a position group adapting on the fly than Reggie Herring did last year. And there's a reason why Herring and Kolar go all the way back to Gary Kubiak. Mm-hmm. They're just damn good coaches. Mm-hmm. They have survived two co- they, they survived the coaching change to Vance Joseph. They survived the coaching change to Vic Fangio. It wouldn't surprise me if both of them survived again. Really, the only question for Bill Kolar is, he turns 70 later this year. How long does he want to keep doing it? How long does he That's, want to do it? Right, exactly. He, he is still as good as you will find in the NFL at his specific discipline. And then I agree I agree with you on the offensive side. I'd like to see them find a way to keep Mike Munchak around. We'll see if that ends up happening. I know Munchak does want to stay because of family considerations that brought him to Denver here in the first place. You mentioned Zach Azani. I'd like to see uh I'd like to see Curtis Mockins, running backs coach, come back come back as as, as well. So you know Hackett's got people that he wants to bring in, but as he evaluates this staff, I wonder if he's going to look at some of these position coaches and say, you know, maybe they're not the people that I originally had in mind, but I'm not going to find better for this job than the people that are already here. Well, I, I and just that's and that yeah, I'm, that's I'm, that would be really mature on his part if he does that. I'm sorry, Andrew, to, to cut you off. But this is what happens when you go yeah. remote. But I, I just wonder yeah. how much does George Payton step in? Like, at what point does George Payton step in and say, hey, we need to make sure that we have this guy as one of the coaches? Like Ed Donatel, for example. He can teach the Vic Fangio system, right? Like, you got to make sure that, again, you don't want your defense to take a step back. Now, naturally, they will automatically take a step back because the head guy who was calling the plays is gone. But you don't want those young pieces that you have invested in, the, the defense that, you know, was pretty good this season, right? You don't want them to take a full step back, and now that becomes a liability because you didn't keep that system around, right? So you got to make sure Mm -hmm. that you have those guys around so that you can spend your energy on fixing up what's the biggest need of this team, and that's the offense. Coming up on the other side, we're going to take a look at the Super Bowl, the Bengals, the Rams, Is there a future Hall of Fame quarterback in this game or quarterbacks? We'll talk. We'll talk about it on the other side. It's going to be a fun matchup to discuss. And then we're going to take you right up to CSU Ram basketball pregame show starts at the bottom of the hour. So stay tuned for that as well. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Mason. Justin Adams in for Eric Goodman. Andrew Mason here. Mile High Sports Radio. MileHighSports.com.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Watch us on MileHighSports.com. Listen to Mile High Sports Radio, 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. FM. You know, when I hear that song, Danny and Justin, I think about two things. Number one, I think of Elaine Bennis on Seinfeld <laughs> insisting to a Russian author based based on a on a not realizing that Jerry had said a joke that the original title of War and Peace was War, what is it good for? And that's where the song came from. <laughs> And the other is a Halloween episode of The Simpsons where there's a neutron bomb that goes off and Homer is the only survivor of this. And one of the first things he decides to do is go to the church, strip naked, and dance to that song. (laughs) And then then at the part where, where they say, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Sing it again. And Homer says, okay. (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) gosh it's yeah awesome oh anyway this is my at my pop culture addled mind here my 90s pop culture hey look look, if you want as long as you're not talking about wordle we'll be okay like as long as you're not doing that i never want to see a wordle tweet on my time Cross my my feet again. I've never I've never post about Wordle. Never will. But whenever I I see a tweet Wordle, I'm like, oh my gosh, why does anyone care what you did on Wordle? Exactly. I don't care. No one cares. Exactly. It's like people. It's like people who tweet about their fantasy football teams. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> oh, especially if your team sucks. I had to get- <laughs> I have to get, yeah, exactly. I have to get that off my tr- my chest. Anyway, time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge, or go to rmfp.com. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Six going to be in thirteen days. The Rams are in it for the second time in the last four Super Bowls. The Bengals in it for the first time since night since January 1989. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here for a moment because we've learned a lot about Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford in the last few weeks. Which one of these is more likely to be a Hall of Famer? Oh, wow. Uh well, Matthew Stafford, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, there, there's no way to keep him out. The yards that he's amassed, um, even though he was in Detroit, and good God, Detroit is so terrible. Dude, Detroit, such a terrible franchise. Okay, we'll just, we'll just leave it there. I will how say— did they blow, How did they blow it with this guy? Think about it. Now, uh, now that we know what he can do elsewhere, Right. how did—look— it, it t- there are a couple of things that tell you how bad a franchise is. One of the one of them is going to be that Matthew they couldn't get Matthew Stafford to a playoff win. Uh, another one is that they they fired the only coach they've had this century who had a winning record 
in his time as Lions head coach, and that was Jim Caldwell. And you know what? That That is an even greater mistake with every passing year because if they had kept Jim Caldwell, who's to say they wouldn't have eventually figured it out? Not only figured it out. And, I mean, they're, they're, they're a terrible not-called P.I. away, a non-call yes. away from beating the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. Right. You never know what happens, right? Because you pop the ceiling that off. Well. You know, so it, it's just you keep them around, you find out what other things you have on your roster as well. I don't think that at the time Calvin Johnson retired yet. So you still would have had Calvin Johnson as your leading wide receiver. You still have Matthew Stafford. You still have a respectable team. Nadamakin Sue, uh, Sue is still around. And you could still build up your team from there and see what you could do um, in that division. But again, the Lions are the Lions for the reason. There, there are the Lions for a reason. And so they continue to make up mistakes. They continue to pretty much be what the Browns were for so many years. So, hey, man, Lions, do what you do and continue to give away your draft picks, continue to give away your best players, and continue to waste great careers. Yeah, they, they wasted Matthew Stafford. They wasted Calvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he, he was so fed up. Think about the, the Lions as a franchise. Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson quit. In the, while they were still the best at what they did, yes. while they were still racking up big-time big season, Calvin Johnson retired right after a 1,200-yard season. Barry Sanders retired less than two years after going over 2,000 yards because they just couldn't take it anymore. I, mean, I don't That's the Lions. I don't they blow talent. Yeah, I don't understand they, they, how... Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just don't understand how you are in a place where the NFL is all about parity. Like, you hiccup and find yourself in the playoffs five to ten years. Like, that, that happens. You know, you end up win- winning a division almost by default. Like, it, it just happens. How the Lions are able to do what they do is ridiculous. To have an 0 for 16 year, 17 year, uh, several years ago, I mean, it's just, just a terrible franchise, man. I, I just, unbelievable. Unbelievable. With that. Unbe- unbelievable. And they're going to see Matthew Stafford playing the Super Bowl. And Joe Burrow, this is going to be his first. It's the first time for both. But, I, but I'm going to make this prediction. Joe Burrow is going to go to more Super Bowls than Matthew Stafford. And yes, I know he's a decade younger. I get that. But I think the Bengals are in for some very good times over the next 10, 15 years with Joe Burrow as the quarterback. He's the guy that changes their franchise. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no problem for me. And the bank get the and think about it, the Bengals are regarded as a backwater, right? Mm-hmm. But here they are going to the Super Bowl in Joe Burrow's second year, and the Lions couldn't figure it out with Matthew Stafford in twelve years. It's ridiculous. And, and, but you think oh. about what Joe Burrow had to do. You went to Tennessee, top rank, you know, number one seed. You literally your offensive line is shredded cheese, gives up nine sacks, and you still find a way how to win that game. Then you go to Arrowhead Stadium. You're down 21 to three on the road in arguably the toughest place to play in the NFL, and you come back and win that game in overtime. I mean, that that's just it. That's ridiculous, man. And there's other words I have, but this is a kid's show, so I won't say them. <laughs> but it's just ridiculous what Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are doing. It's ridiculous and it's fun. Yeah. And I look and I look forward to seeing a lot more of where they go. And it's really cool to see their fans rewarded. I just wish Detroit's fans had been rewarded with something similar 
for Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. and their support of that team over the decades. Justin, appreciate you ch- you filling in for Eric today. Great talking to you as always. Thanks for holding it down back there at the studio. Andrew, my brother, is always a pleasure. Um, I appreciate you as always. And you know what? Enjoy the Senior Bowl. But next year, I'm coming down there with you, man. I'm going to take some time off. You and I, we're going to the Senior Bowl, man. We're going to do some scouting. We got to do some scouting. We got to have some oysters. You got to come down here with me. You, you would love it. You would have a blast. Danny and Alex behind the glass, great job today. Thank you for guiding, me, guiding us through this, guiding me through this remote broadcasting experience. Eric Goodman's going to be back tomorrow. I'll be here from Mobile, Alabama tomorrow. And now we got the border war coming up. CSU, Wyoming, huge game in the Mountain West. Stay tuned for all that here on MileHighSports.com. Talk to you tomorrow.